I get the privilege of uh, telling us why it is well with our soul. Not just because of beautiful, powerful music. Thank you all very much. But uh, because of the... But because of the truth that it's based on, the, the, the reality of, uh, that we'll look at today in, in 1 Corinthians 15 that, that speaks to us of the mystery of what happens at death. The, the celebration even. If, if, you, if you thought for a moment like I did of, of dancing in that song, well that's part of the celebration of conquering death that we'll, we'll see. And then, even at death, the, the very meaning and purpose, the eternal purpose of life. That's, that's what Paul un, un, unpacks for us here, really highlights. Um, it's on page 936 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along. But it's the mystery, he reveals a little bit of a mystery, and the celebration, and even the meaning of uh, life that we find at death. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for your written word. Now, we pray that you would speak to uh, the depth of our soul here. That you, you would indeed show us and, and lead us, make it well with our soul. That what we, we just sang would, would be true in our hearts, minds, into the depth of our being. Because it's based on your, your word and your truth and the life, death, resurrection, and impending return of Jesus. Speak to us in words and even deeper than words. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, we'll start with verse 50. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability and this immortal body must put on immortality. All are going to be changed in an instant. You know, there, there is a day that all who die, and even as he said, some who are living, when Jesus returns, then there will be a transformation of this body, of your body, of any body into a glorified body, the, the kind of, of body that dwells in heaven. These bodies dwell on earth, but there will be changes, transformations in our own body in order to then live in heaven, in the new heaven, in the new earth, with one another and with Jesus face to face. And and Paul, wanting to make that clear to us and to the Corinthians of this, this change, this transformation of our body. Um, those that were here last week may remember that um, Laura Smith, who, who preached, talked about the transformation that happens to anyone who um, repents, who, who turns to Jesus, to anyone who has Jesus living in them. 
You know, when that, that happens, then our bodies are transformed by the presence of the Holy Spirit, by, by Jesus living in us. And you may recall, she said, it's sort of like you know, when you're a, uh, uh, you're, you're, you live in the water, you have gills, you know, and you breathe the water. And so that's how you can live in the water. Well, when, when someone repents and comes to Jesus, they're, they're transformed in a way that they're freed from the power of sin over their lives. And it's like they get out of the water and they walk on the earth and they no longer breathe water, they breathe air. That kind of transformation. Now, as we all know, in, in Christ, that doesn't mean we don't hold our breath and jump in the water every once in a while, or maybe more often than not, we just wade around in it. Yeah, and, that, that, and that's our life on earth. You know, that if we're in Christ, if we've repented, then the Spirit of God is within us. We no longer breathe water. We don't live in sin. We now have freedom to not live in sin, but we keep going swimming back and forth. That's why we have words of confession every Sunday. I tell you, the, we, won't, uh, we won't do that when everybody says you've been a week without sin. We just won't have confession on Sunday. And... Uh, um, but a day is coming, Paul's saying, when you'll be transformed out of your body on earth into the glorified body to where there's not water around anymore. It's gone. Everything that is evil and sinful is filtered out. It's gone. You've been cha- we will be changed into a transformed, glorified body that we will then see Jesus face to face. Now, Jesus really is the best example of that. Because what, what that means is you know, there, there's continuity between what we're doing now and living with Jesus face to face in the new heaven and the new earth. You know, it, it's not just that we, you know, right, we, we get saved you know, and, and then Jesus comes in us and now we just wait until he comes back. That's not what it's about. And you can see that in Jesus, you know, in his glorified body. After he was raised from the dead and he came back, right? He, he still had scars in his hands and in his feet and in his side. But because there was continuity between his body now and his body, his body on earth and then his body in a glorified state. But it was sort of cool because he could also sort of, you know, uh, Star Trek-like, you know, be transported from one place to another, you know. And he could just sort of walk through walls. But he still needed to eat. You know, I imagine being raised from the dead could give you a good hunger. And so the first time he gathered with the disciples, he said, Hey, let's put some fish on the fire. I'm hungry. So there's still that continuity. But it is a totally different transformation where water, sin, evil have been filtered out by by Jesus. And the mystery that he's sharing with us is that reality and even the timing of it. Because t- what was happening in Corinth is they thought they were already in heaven. You know, they, they thought they'd already been totally transformed and that they were living totally sinless lives. And Jesus, um, or Paul, was saying, uh, sorry, that's not the case. But here's what will happen. One day, Jesus will return. And on that day, those that are dead, they will be raised in a new life. Their bodies will be remade in this transformed, glorified state. And those of you that are still living, you'll be transformed in the twinkling of an eye, in the snap of a finger. So if Jesus comes back tomorrow, 
you know, that we remember today, they will be raised in their body, will be brought together in their glorified body. They will be raised up and then we will be raised with them, transformed in an instant. And that's the day that we wait for. That's the day that we look forward to, that we know Jesus has accomplished for us. The mystery of our transformation and all who have died. Now, what does that mean right now? What about those that we remember today? Are, are they in their bodily form right now? No, that's not what Paul teaches. not what the New Testament teaches. If you go back to Philippians, um, uh, Paul says, you know, to die you know, is um, a gain because I get to be with Jesus. You know, to live as Christ, but to die as gain. So we're with Jesus, but those that die before Jesus returns are with Jesus in that disembodied state, in a spiritual state. But as Paul says in Thessalonians, and here, when Jesus returns, that's when those who have died before us are raised, and all who are living are then transformed with them into that glorified state and living in the new heaven and the new earth as we were created to do since the very beginning. Now that day, that day then of of death, Paul says, it's not scary. Because of this truth, it's it's not scary. Um, uh, Look at, uh, let's, let's pick up where we left off in verse 54. When this perishable body puts on imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, dying should be scary. It should be be scary because what we understand is that dying means judgment. Dying means the end. The scriptures are clear. You know, you die, everybody dies once and then comes judgment. That should be scary. It should be scary because, as we hear here, there's sin within us. And that sin leads us to keep going swimming when we know we've been freed from the water. That sin leads us to go our own way instead of God's way. That sin leads us to sort of keep God at a, a safe armed length, you know. Or, or to, to keep God as sort of just a, a, a heavenly butler, you know, just sort of active when we need him. Or, or to, to keep God as just an add-on to our lives, you know. Just a part that is there when we're really in trouble instead of the Lord of our lives. And the creator of our souls and the lover of each and every one of his creation. You know, that, that, that's the sin that's within us. And what we know is what Paul says here. That it's death. You look at that in verse 56. The sting of death is sin. See, death itself, is a, it can be pretty painless these days. But what happens afterwards is really scary because of sin. That's where it has its sting. That's where it has its venom. That's where it has the claws that we, we fear. And it says, and the power of sin is the law. God's commands that are written before us to say, these you don't transgress. You, you, you follow these. 
But the, the sin causes us to transgress those laws, to go our own way instead of God's way. So that's where death's sting is. That's, that's where death's power is. And what Paul now is, is telling death is because of Jesus, your sting has been taken out. Because of Jesus, you know, what he's doing, he's trash-talking death. Hey, death, where's your sting now, buddy? Give me all you got, death, because you've been declawed. You've been defanged. The venom is taken out of you. You have no power because sin and the law, they've been eliminated by Jesus. Jesus has fulfilled the law. He fulfilled it perfectly in the fullness of his humanity. He did everything that was in the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. It's fulfilled. And so once it's fulfilled, it's complete and gone. And therefore, sin is eliminated. In a real way, it's like Jesus at his death on the cross is like a filter And so when we are transformed, that transformation that happens through Him, everything that is evil is filtered out. It's gone. Only what is good remains. And we remain because we are clothed in Jesus' righteousness. That's what Paul says in chapter 5, earlier in Corinthians. He, He says, Jesus, who knew no sin, see, he lived the perfect life, fulfilled the law, was not subject to to sin at all. He took on our sin so that we might have his righteousness. He gets what we deserve so that we get what he deserved. That is why there is no fear in death. There should be. There should be fear. We ought to be running for cover at death before a holy, mighty, awesome God. But we don't because God sent His Son to die for us. And what we're told here, because He can dance at death. Yeah, here. here, here, Some of you will know this one. Some of you will know this one. All right? You'll know this one. Boom. What's that? What was that? Who, who knows what that one was? Icky shuffle. You're going to do an icky shuffle. Yeah, not doing it again. Sorry. Those people, you might be wondering. That's why you usually go to first service. Some people came back so they could get the video on that one. But more modern today, you know. What, what about this one? You can do this one. Yeah, you know Cam Newton, Superman dab, dab on death. That, that's what he's that, That's what Paul's doing here. He's trash talking death and dancing on death's grave because it's gone. It has no power. So, so when you really start to sing a song and you feel that in your soul, just go ahead and dance with Paul. Just dance, dance with Paul. Because that's what he's celebrating at death. Now, verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Those words don't work together. Right? Give and victory. Nobody gives anybody victory. Right? Right? I mean, don't we get upset? Participation trophies. 
You know, who gets participation trophy? You just get a trophy for showing up. Here, you don't even participate. You're given the trophy. We're, we're given the trophy. We're given the victory. That's why we can do the victory dance. That's why we can do the icky shuffle. Because the victory has been accomplished by Jesus. We didn't add one drop of blood, sweat, or tears. It was what Jesus did for us. So that, that is scandalous grace. That is the victory. That, that is why we are not scared of death. That is why our brothers and sisters around the world who face persecution and bombs and machine guns on Sunday morning, they will still show up to worship Jesus because he's greater than death. So we don't run scared of death. We grieve. Don't get me wrong. We grieve. We grieve our own loss. We grieve. I mean, we're going to see the pictures of folks and we're going to tear up. We're going to miss. We're going to have holes in our souls because they're not here with us. But it's because we miss them. It has nothing to do with them. They're dancing. They're, they're, they're dancing in that victory. That's the mystery. That's the celebration. But here's then the last part. So here's the meaning. The, the meaning of the fact that, that, that our bodies are transformed is not just an interesting fact, but it has significant implications. See, what, what, what we do on earth does impact who we are in heaven. I mean, Jesus, that's why, well, that's why you can see Jesus' scars in his glorified body. So therefore, verse, verse 58, last, last verse. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Yeah, you know, it's uh, um, graduation time, right? We had a graduation uh, party, a couple of them yesterday. I think there's only about a thousand of them this weekend. Uh, but at the ones we went to, you know, there are yearbooks that were there. There were scrapbooks that were there. You know, and you sit down, and you, you look through the yearbook, you look through the scrapbook, and you enjoy, you celebrate, you remember the great stories and, and how much fun they were and laugh at the jokes and all those kind of things. I think there's a similar picture of that when we are with Jesus face to face and we look back over our lives. And, and because what he tells us here, what Paul's telling us here, listen, the stuff you do in and through Jesus, that's going on forever. That is, that is not in vain. That toil, that labor, that work that you do in and through Jesus, where you let him work through you, that follows you forever. At every funeral, say Revelation 14, 13, blessed are those who die in the Lord, says the Spirit, for their labors shall cease and their deeds shall follow them. Now, their, their deeds follow them. It has nothing to do with them getting into heaven. It has nothing to do with them being in Jesus. Because Jesus has already filtered out all the evil, all the sin, all the mess. That, that's gone. That, that, that's, that's as if it never happened. 
But what does happen in the work that we've done in Jesus and through Jesus and for Him and by Him, in and through us, that continues on. And we look back at those pictures, see those videos, and celebrate those stories and see what a wonderful thing God has done. Isn't that amazing? So the toil that you put in, for those of you that are the prayer warriors, you know, wondering, you know, the time, the energy, the emotional energy of praying for others and for the world and for people in need and, and all the rest. Ah, that, that labor is not in vain. Matter of fact, it's eternal. The, the ways that, at school, at the workplace, in your home, in the community, the ways that you're giving unto Jesus, that you're living for Jesus, that He's leading in what you are doing and how you are doing it and how you relate to others. Those are not in vain. It may seem like you're on the gerbil wheel, but if it's in Jesus for him and by him, then it is forever. It is not in vain. It's not empty. The ways that you're toiling, you're toiling in order to show his character, you know, to to obey the, the word of God, to follow after Jesus, to let the fruit of the Spirit be real in you, where love and peace and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, and self-control, and faithfulness, as those are more and more real in you, those are heavenly characteristics that will follow you forever. And can you imagine Jesus sitting with some that have gone before us and saying, oh man, look at how you were growing in love right there. Look at how, look, at you didn't think you had patience. Well, let me show you how I gave you patience. Right there, isn't that beautiful? How you let the Spirit... That patience in you. Is it, they're, refl- they're looking through the scrapbooks and the yearbooks. So the ways that you're toiling and giving unto Jesus th- through your generosity of time and resource and wisdom and finances, through prayer, through teaching, through witnessing to others, even though nobody wants to listen to you, that's not in vain. That will follow you for eternity. We'll celebrate what God has done in and through you. This also begs another question though, doesn't it? What about the stuff that gets filtered out? Because Jesus, and we... uh, the stuff we're doing, wasting our time on the things of this world or, or, or on, our own, on our own dreams instead of God's dreams. Where, where are the, the ways that, that we're wasting our time in the priorities and commitments that, that we make and that we follow that really aren't of Jesus? It's good news to hear this. I mean, because we don't want to be wasting our time or, or, or doing good stuff for the wrong reasons even. Yeah, the occasion of death is always a good time for the living to stop and reflect and say, man, am I in line with what's eternally significant? Am I in line in what really matters in the heart of God? Always a good time at the occasion of death to consider the very character of Jesus 
and say, am I growing and maturing according to his character? The mystery that's revealed to us, the reality, if we are in Jesus Christ, then we will be transformed totally into being like him. If, if we are in Jesus Christ, then, a day, then today and forever we can dance on death because it is defeated. And we will be with Him. And we will celebrate what He has done in us and through us that is of eternity. That is of, that is of the Father's will. Death has lost its sting. And even with some anticipation, we look forward to seeing him face to face. Now we have some time to to celebrate those that God has that have joined the, the church triumphant. Who have joined in some of that that celebration. Who now see clearly what is true and what is good. And are enjoying that victory. Who are indeed dancing. And who indeed as we consider them. We'll remember the, the, the things that God. How God worked in them to do good stuff in our own lives. Or the lives of those that we love. Or the lives of our world. Like Jean Ford, she'll have a rose. And, and if you're here as a, a representative of any of the folks that we um, call, I- invite you to, to come forward and uh, um, get, get a rose from Jean. And invite all just to remember those you know and those that you, you didn't know um, to give thanks to God for, for them and to celebrate with them that indeed their battle is over um, and they... Uh, are with with their Lord. Less Abel. Dorothy Barnaby. Tom Chaporis. Irma Harris. Barbara Houston. Jan Hyde. Marjorie Kling, Marjorie Klusmeyer, Clem Mers, James Nickel.
Robert Parker. Bill Phipps. Dorothy Rumpler. Carol Schubert. together. Almighty God, we give you praise and honor and glory. We, we marvel that we, as we remember those that have died, that we can celebrate. We indeed can sing and dance, even through the tears, even through the, the loss and the grief cause of the sure and certain hope of the resurrection from the dead. We, we give you praise. We thank you for those that we've mentioned in the ways that you have blessed us through them. How you have taught us. How you have loved us. How you have led us to be more and more like Christ through them. And we give ourselves to you that now we might indeed carry that baton. We, we might continue to be steadfast and immovable in this race. Knowing that nothing else lasts but your good and perfect will. What is, what is done out of love by you and for you and through you. We're overwhelmed when we consider we get to be a part of what is eternal. What is meaningful and filled with purpose because of your work in us that it is not in vain the labor and toil that we give through you by you and for you we thank you that you have called us and challenged us to come before you in prayer you say ask and seek and knock so we do we we bring before you our brothers and sisters in need whatever the need might be relationships that need to be made whole jobs that that need to be found or or changed health and healing that only you can bring we lift up to you Lee Alexandra and Marie Schneider Tom Hilton Chick Hyde all are in the hospital or having uh, procedures or surgeries this week. Continue uh, to lift up to you Sandy Goslink and Terry Strassinger, Nick Yaw, 
for your healing hand upon each one, your strength. And Lord, we, we rejoice with you. And uh, Fran and Jim Kelly celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary today. Thank you for your faithfulness and provision. And the other, the other burdens that are upon us, Lord, hear, hear the cries of our heart. We bring them unto you. For your wisdom, your power, your love, your healing touch. All of this we bring before you in the matchless, powerful name of Jesus, who is the victorious one. In him we pray. Amen.